Well, hi there, and welcome to my podcast where I invite you to run with me after memories and shape them into stories. On this show, I'll also share samples of my writing and interesting moments from everyday life. I'm your host, Ruru Sig, and you're listening to my podcast, The Story Chaser. Welcome back, folks. Season 2, Episode 5 of The Story Chaser. A little life hack for you tonight before we get started with the episode. And that is for the times when you're really ticked off. Ooh, you're really mad something's got you. Find something to laugh at. Whether it's deep in your memories or it's a tangible object in the world or a film or a TV show, gravitate to that almost immediately because um, laughing after being angry is healing. I learned this from my parents, and um, tonight's episode is about them. I miss them greatly, and I often wonder what they would think of this show. Uh, So I'm going to get right into it, and tonight I'm sharing a work in progress from a larger set of essays called Growing Up Large, and this one's called The Vacuum. I understand it's intriguing for people to learn that I'm from a large family, and I'm hesitant to share this off the bat in social situations. It's usually unavoidable, though, because there's always that one friend who offers the information anyway to fill a lull in conversation. She has 11 brothers and sisters, and it never fails that I spend the following moments juggling questions from a fascinated stranger's mouth. How many bedrooms did your house have? Did you all eat at the same time? What was Christmas like? Same two parents? And my least favorite, intrusive, but always dependable from some unoriginal joker. Didn't your parents have a TV? It's just an uncomfortable question. And as a child, I didn't understand the context. I only knew it was the time for everyone to start laughing, and I was left wondering, what's so funny? We have TV. It's broken, but we have one. As a grown adult, I offer a patronizing small laugh to that comment. But inside, I think, weirdo. Growing up in a large family has placed me on the outside of anything considered normal in everyday home life. Sometimes I unintentionally alienate myself, foot in mouth, as they say. For instance, I was once in a circle of friends drinking beers and chatting, and we were reminiscing our childhoods with favorite toys and games, remembering simpler times, the charm of hopscotch and the glow of streetlights illuminating our memories of night tag in the street. The conversation migrated into responsibilities and youth, and some belched out complaints about a sibling drinking the last of the milk and placing an empty container back in the fridge, while others relived the annoyance of common household chores. As empty bottles clanged against others in the trash and smiles grew larger into an intoxication of nostalgia, we swayed a little further in the shared experiences. When presenting childhood memories, these folks exchanged tales of sitting into long hours of the night, staring at a plate of cold vegetables and determined in a standoff not to finish. 
They were punished when they didn't clean up their rooms or make their beds. They were expected to bring home good grades in school. While their mothers encouraged them to finish their Brussels sprouts, I had a vivid memory of my own, desperately trying to remain kind and understanding while discovering another of our hiding places for food, a place that wasn't in the kitchen. Oh, I just love the way these pillowcases smell after being hung outside. The breath of angels have gone right through them. Aren't they just fresh? She would say, genuinely enjoying the linens one minute, and the next, disgusted by an unexpected line of sticky glaze alongside her hand. Examining the substance, sniffing its sweetness, her eyes became two laser beams as she slid a pile of towels on the shelf and discovered a half-eaten donut, poorly wrapped in wax paper, shoved to the back of the linen closet. My mother, disgusted, one hand resting upon her hip and the other holding the donut before us, demanded to know who did this. Who decided a good place for this was tucked away in our linens? But she was asking so much more. Who has taken it upon themselves to test my patience? Who in this house is making me pray five times more than I usually do? Who stole my good moment and why? We would meet her with only wide eyes and silence. It just wasn't worth it to answer. The culprit certainly wasn't far away, I'm sure, their heart pounding in wonder whether to come forward and admit to hiding the donut, a treat clearly to save her for later. It wasn't mother or her disappointment that kept the donut hoarder silent. She was very forgiving, actually. To come forth would be to risk a beating from the other siblings, and it would most likely be tackling with punches and intermediate questioning where punch did you punch get a donut extra snacks were rare because providing for so many left only a few remaining frills such as nice pillowcases redolent of a summer breeze which is probably why my mother found it devastating that a messy donut tainted them I had a friend in childhood, and the first time I went to her house, I stumbled upon her pantry by accident, looking for her garbage can. I stood in disbelief at the shelves filled with deliciousness beyond my imagination. A whole closet just for snacks. I was blown away. Snapping back to that circle of drinking, there was a moment of silence, of which I innocently filled with, oh, oh. I got one, guys. (laughs) Remember when the vacuum would catch fire and then your mom would holler for someone to take the damn thing outside (laughs) and all the windows had to be open to let the smoke out? Enchanted and lost and being convinced that I finally had a good one, I failed to notice that I dug myself deep into the territory of bizarre and non-relatable. I looked at my group and absolutely no one was nodding in unison. Instead, they looked like a circle of old-fashioned kitty cat wall clocks with eyes darting back and forth to one another. A moment of solidarity had become awkward, 
then followed with questionable laughter. And that is a pattern I often find myself in whenever I share an anecdote from my childhood. To be fair, I've learned since that most people's vacuums didn't burst into flames because they didn't expect their vacuums to pick up rubbish from 14 people's lives. Their vacuums didn't rebel, but ours did. It would begin with a rattling sound. Bolts and nails jarred loose. It was usually a purse strap or shoelace caught in the spinning brushes of the bottom that got the catastrophe started. Next would come the obnoxious burning rubber smell, as repulsive as I would imagine a dirty diaper in flames to be. My mother's joyful singing while vacuuming, knowing her, likely praying, and grateful to drown out the sounds of her wild children taking over every inch of the house with energy, would be interrupted by the evil fumes sudden to the room. She was very sensitive to smells, especially those she didn't like. Oh, this damn thing, she would yell while trying to control the cord like a serpent that had suddenly coiled itself around her legs. Her happy trance cleaning brought to a halt while a hockey puck would whiz past her head only to be caught by one of my brothers and tossed back to the carpet hockey taking place just a handful of feet away in our living room. They would watch winter coats on backwards as makeshift gear for the puck, as she tried to find her way through the cloud of smoke into the outlet. Somebody throw this damn thing in the yard, she would command over the blaring television that she suddenly found annoying. Two siblings frozen in place, limbs stretched across two doorways facing each other. Their climbing to the ceiling competition seized while her snapping fingers... Rapidly at another one of her children, she commanded, You, you, over there, turn down that TV and get off that table. I'm tired of you sitting on top of it. Sit on a chair like a normal person. Stupid vacuums ruining all our fun. One of my brothers would pick it up hold it straight with extended arms to avoid breathing in any more fumes, and run it towards the kitchen. He'd pass a pot of water boiling over on the stove, and my unfazed sister painting her nails at the kitchen table before reaching the back stairs that led to the door. The vacuum, a character of its own in this chaos, with one last puff of defensive smoke before being dismissed would say, I tried... You people are absurd. And there alone in the yard, it would be placed in a timeout to think over its behavior. I'm telling you right now, I've had it with that vacuum, Sam, she would say while furiously opening the windows to my bulging-eyed father who had rushed from their bedroom. His jaw dropped and hands extended outward like a statue frozen in amazement. Pretending to be shocked over something he had seen a million times was something he had mastered, and it was always tough not to laugh and break an obvious tension watching him. All of us still in place of great wonder, what was going to happen next? We all knew that running out for a new vacuum was not in the near future, but for a moment, my mother wanted to pretend that we wouldn't retrieve it from the yard eventually, replace the busted belt, 
and pray the damn thing would last just a little longer. My mother would then also fight the laughter with pressed lips. She just couldn't stay mad. She would wave her hands rapidly at him, but it would burst out of her anyway. The laughing parents humbling their way through another disaster. They showed us once again that it was the breeze responsible for pleasant pillowcases, a shoelace causing the disaster, and God who gave them us, the twelve. And that's what their laughter said to one another. When they laughed together, it was like no one else was in the room. And over the years, they laughed at each other out of many frustrations. And their eyes said, we're doing all of this for a reason that only our faith knows. Don't lose it over a vacuum. It was their way of reigning in the chaos and surrendering. They modeled this for us many times. A moment became safe when they laughed. In my parents' marriage, they experienced plenty of times when they defended this radical life. They may have even been accused of being irresponsible, having and leading so many children while still growing up themselves. Don't you have a TV? Was thrown their way after child 5, 8, and definitely 12. But they were certain of their choices and the laughter in their eyes. They knew they were building a fantastic family on God's path. They were phenomenal people that humbly sacrificed everything for us because God asked them to. So, while finding myself on the outside of that circle of people, I didn't feel the need to explain all that. I just let the strange vacuum in flames comment have a moment of mystery as we eventually moved on to other subjects. I smiled in my silent memory of chaotic moments, grateful that that's where the inspiration to write came from. Well, this is as good a place as any to end this episode. My name is Ruru Sig, and I thank you for listening to The Story Chaser. Remember, there are stories everywhere. The key is to focus in on the little memories to find the bigger moments. My promise to you is that I'll keep chasing those stories. Be well, folks, and go ahead. Have a wonderful life.